Welcome to the India Fintech Diaries, the only podcast focused exclusively on the Indian fintech market. I'm Elroy. And I'm Himan. In each episode, we dive into the latest trends, ideas, innovations, business models, and personalities that are shaping India's fintech landscape. We also invite amazing guests who are innovators and industry players that are driving the change that is helping make financial services more modern, innovative, and inclusive in India. Come join us as we explore the changing landscape of fintech in India. Welcome back to India Fintech Diaries, the show where we discuss all things Indian fintech. After the last couple of episodes where we looked at investors and investing in fintech in India, we thought it's time to shake things up a little. What do we have in store for today, Hemant? Well, Elroy, for today's episode, we will discuss the one area of fintech innovation which has gotten India the most attention. No prizes for guessing, UPI. And to discuss this, we are joined by a very special guest, someone who has been associated with the payment space in India for the better part of the last two decades, and more recently, has been very closely associated with NPCI as UPI kept scaling new heights. It is my great pleasure to welcome Anoop Nair, CEO Domestic in Solutions Global Limited. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries, Anoop. Thank you, Iman. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anup, thanks a ton for joining us today. You've had an exciting professional career working across the payment space in India. For the sake of our listeners, can you give us an overview of your background? Oh, thanks, uh, Hemant, and thanks, uh, Elroy, for having me on your show. Well, yeah, I had the privilege of working uh, in the retail payment space for almost two and a half decades, uh, having worked with all the key stakeholders uh, in the payment landscape, be it the bank, be it the domestic network, uh, and be the, the the processing industry, and now working with uh, ISG, it's been a pretty evolved journey, and I'm fortunate that uh, I've had the opportunity to work with all the key stakeholders in the ecosystem. Anup, well, uh, most of us have uh, paid at some time or the other using UPI, right? Uh, most of our listeners may not really understand what happens when you try to pay using UPI. It would be great if you could give us a quick high level view of what happens when uh, you pay using UPI and how UPI works. Yeah, so uh, just before we start, uh, just need to know, uh, we need to know as to this, this entire UPI journey started in the year 2016. Uh, and um, this was started with a few clutch of banks um, before the entire product was launched. Right. It took almost a year for us uh, at NPCI, starting with um, the LIP uh, ASB, uh, to convince the bank in terms of how UPI kind of would really uh, make the transactions at a consumer level extremely seamless. You need to understand that the kind of of, of transaction journey UPI offers has never been witnessed uh, within the entire global payments ecosystem. The way UPI works is uh, the fact that you don't necessarily need to input any of your banking credentials, be it your yep. account number or in the in Indian context, uh, even your uh, IFSC codes. Or whatever, it just you just need to register yourself with the bank, and or what you get is a is a VPA, which is like your email ID. It's like Anoop at a bank, and you are kind of registered, and you are able to do a transactions. Uh, you can send money and also receive money using that VPA. Is what uh, so VPA becomes the virtual private uh, address becomes your identifier from a transaction standpoint. Anoop, in the most uh, recent UPI statistics for October, right? UPI did about 12 lakh crores, almost $145 billion uh, worth of transaction value and close to 7 billion transactions. UPI yeah. certainly has come a long way from the days of demonetization. And if you look at the recent trends, it only seems to be going from strength to strength. 
you must have had a ringside view of this entire upi story as it unfolded during a stint of uh, at npc can you tell us a little more about that as well sure in fact um, almost what 7.3 billion transactions in terms of volume yeah. and almost in terms of volume yeah yeah in, in terms of volume and 12 uh, trillion transactions in terms of value it's humongous so we started this entire journey of upi in the year two, uh, uh, 2016 and uh, and there was a time in the uh, around april or may of 2016 where the volumes were only around 48 crores and from right. that to kind of leaf frog that we have seen in terms of volumes uh, and value of upi transactions it's been a stupendous journey and primarily this journey has been driven with a by the faith uh, the entire payments ecosystem has put on the product be it the banks uh, and be it the fintechs for when i say faith uh, it terms it means uh, what it means is in terms of the fact that uh, consumer has has uh, has built a confidence around this product and that comes in from the fact that, that there have been some super user journeys that have been crafted around this product coupled with the fact that there are enough and more governance mechanism which gives that kind of confidence to the customer that his payment is safe and uh, there are enough and more mitigants to manage uh, issues related to payment dropouts and large and the third and the most important factors uh, the regulator themselves have have a a bird's eye view over this entire story and uh, they keep a very tight look uh, tight overview in terms of uh, customer complaints and there's a tight mechanism in which how the way banks and fintechs address customer complaints and this it, and then the, and the entire story put together kind of builds the the the, the value proposition around this offering and a boost consumer confidence in terms of uh, you know adopting this payment method anup uh, you just mentioned that you also worked with banks and fintechs right and they have been kind of instrumental in the growth story of uh, upi what were what were some of the challenges you faced while working with these two completely different uh, disparate uh, players when you work with banks yeah and you have uh, various uh, sets of banks you have the public sector banks you have the private sector banks and you have also the cooperative banks as i speak to you there are almost 300 plus partner banks with who are already registered on the on the upi network uh, with 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 npci and this cuts cuts across private sector banks public sector banks cooperative banks even uh, multinational banks right. and getting each of this bank onboarded on the upi system is a challenge by itself because each of them brings its own set of requirements in terms of understanding the business model and of course the Uh, when you want to get them live, the the complexities in terms of getting them integrated in the overall UPS system. So first is in terms of trying to address the, the the business model for them. This is the first time globally the banks have realized that Anup Nair, who is not a customer of a, of a bank, can yeah. get his account listed, okay, with the app of that bank. So there's always this concern that you know why would I want to be a part of the ecosystem. that you know would i lose customers or you know would i lose revenues and stuff like that so that was a huge challenge so banks got over it banks understood that you know this is this is this this is the platform which is not in any way going to disintermediate them in terms of right getting their accounts uh, in terms of they losing the accounts and stuff like that so that took a long time and then subsequently you know getting them integrated on the overall ups ups system what it means is understanding they are the switching system understanding the reconciliation system and designing processes around that you know handling the the various technology teams the operations teams of the banks and getting them onboarded uh, that was a that was another challenge and post that 
monitoring transactions because look for any transactions and for the entire entire ecosystem to be successful and for consumers to adopt it the transactions need to be seamless whilst the fintechs have taken upon the responsibility of providing excellent user interfaces it's the banks backend systems that need to really play out and play out well because what the consumer wants to see is his entire journey from a from a from a transaction from, on a transaction is seamless and at the end of the day he does he he is able to address issues in terms of transaction dropouts so the banks had to take care of transaction dropouts the banks had to take care of of their reconciliation processes so that at the end of the day they are not out of funds and they ensure that their entire systems are are clean from an accounting standpoint to be fair npci invested a lot of their time in terms of you know working with these banks by giving them data inputs getting them technology insights as to where transactions are getting dropped what are the best practices in terms of reconciliation there are enough and more workshops in this entire process of almost three and a half four years and uh, what you see today is a, is a fusion of all those efforts uh, and the sec- and the and the, the other player in the ecosystem was the fintech so fintechs by their very nature okay uh, are very agile they know uh, the customer journeys and they were kind of very adapt in terms of bringing them to the play and work with the banks so once both this key constituents in the ecosystem were able to work you know work the business model around the story today what we see is the the end result where fintechs and banks uh, leverage each other's strengths and today we see the entire ecosystem benefiting from the entire uh, collaborative approach anup i remember reading the upi specification back in 2016 and thinking to myself that this is pretty much going to completely change the game mm-hmm. and would probably maybe even end up killing wallets and upi really has been truly revolutionary even i couldn't imagine in my wildest dreams that uh, this is a level of success it would have but uh, anup if you had to summarize uh, three to five things that led upi to be the success it is today what would they be the first thing is uh, the the kind of user journeys uh, that were that were created for the consumer that's that's point number 1 yep. point number 2 the governance when i'm saying the when i what i mean by governance is there's a very strong governance coming from the all the key players uh, which is the regulator which is npci in terms of monitoring transaction approvals transaction dropouts okay. what it means in terms of managing customer complaints and that itself give a huge boost in terms of consumer confidence okay that okay today my transaction is is secure and uh, i mean there are there are people who will take care and the entire ecosystem will take care of of uh, issues with related to my transactions in case it goes bad third is in terms of the large focus in terms of security and scalability to achieve the so when you talk about scalability to kind of, to achieve the kind of volumes that we see today on upi it's 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 insane i mean you are just kind of uh, you know just kind of scaling volumes almost on a 40% on a month on month basis i mean to manage yeah. that scale uh, is, is is something which you have to give credit to to npci the way they manage the infrastructure to scale those volumes up you don't see trans- you don't see the kind of failures happening at a network level where trans- you know because of the kind of volume surge the network has kind of gone bust no way i mean they have just have put all the right parameters and the right technology uh, in place to ensure the kind of, to manage this kind of volumes secondly is in terms of uh, security there's been a huge focus from npci to manage issues related to security and transaction risk and managing fraud like with any online transactions fraud you know is always a 
is always a factor that one needs to consider. And to credit of NPCI and to RBI, uh, that's a huge uh, focus area for, for both NPC and RBI. Uh, they've been taking a lot of measures to, to, to mitigate this kind of risk. Understood. Couldn't agree more, Anup. Anup, while the UPI's growth has been really stellar, UPI and NPC have never rested on their laurels and have been constantly innovating. Their latest has been credit cards on UPI. Anup, both you and InSolutions have been closely associated with the rollout. Can you share with us on what the journey of the rollout has been so far and how do you see this playing out in the near future? So uh, let's understand the, the use case behind this. The first right. is mm-hmm. 7.99 crore, 7 crores and some odd number in terms of uh, credit cards in the market. We also have, in the current space, uh, we have almost what 4 million merchants who accept these credit cards. And we juxtapose the same with the kind of acceptance platform that we have with on, on UPI, which is almost mm-hmm. 20 crore merchants. Yeah. Right. Just imagine yeah. if these kind of if this if credit cards gets this kind of a acceptance platform, I mean, just see the volumes that could scale up. And today, a large portion of these volumes is expected to come from tier two, tier three, and tier four locations. Okay, right. So that was largely the dri- uh, the, the driving factor behind credit cards, and that kind of completes the overall journey of uh, what payments can be used from a from a UPS standpoint. So start with debit cards, I mean, from a checking account, using debit cards as the form factor. And now it's come to credit cards. Now, the role that ISG is playing, and it has been playing a stellar role in this case, is the fact that uh, we have all the largest banks in the ecosystem with for whom we provide uh, the range of reconciliation of, as what we call as trust services. Uh, we provide them the issuance platforms, we're providing acquiring platform. So mm. when um, when uh, NPCI decided that oh, no, there are X number of banks that they need to be live with, uh, and they chose a set of banks, and we were fortunate that those banks were also a part of a portfolio. So we worked very tightly with, with NPCI and with the banks, put in all our understanding of, of transaction journeys, because having worked in the ecosystem, uh, of payments ecosystem for two decades, we know how transaction, while while banks know how and, and fintechs know the front-end journeys, we kind of mastered the art of the back-end journeys. Hmm. From the time it hits the banking, the back-end systems of the bank, be it the switch or be it the the CBS. So we know uh, how to take this uh, these transactions, how and how to ensure that it kind of you know it's in a fail-safe manner, and also ensure that the reconciliation is robust at the end of the day. So we were interested in the work by two of the largest banks in the country. Please work with us and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, along with NPCI, and we kind of put the, all the user journeys in place at the, at the back end and also ensured that uh, finally these transactions are seamlessly uh, reconciled and uh, the banks and NPCI get the final output. Understood. Understood. Anup, two other very interesting product launches from UPI are UPI Lite and UPI 123Pay. Can you help us understand these two products as well and what are the use cases for those? So UPL, uh, UPL Lite has its root because see today 50% of the transactions in the case of UPR are less than 200 right. rupees. Okay. And uh, these transactions bring in a lot of load on this, the core banking systems of the bank. And of course, and core banking systems are extremely uh, cost heavy, both in terms of CapEx and OpEx. Mm. Um, so the reason, and there has been an ever increasing need from the banking ecosystem that they need to take away these transactions and they do not necessarily need to hit the core banking system. 
so UPL Lite found its uh, found its use case from there. So the way UPL Lite would work is that there would be a wallet that would be created on the on the SDK of the of, of the app, and that would be the wallet that would, of course, the money for all practical purposes will be sitting with the bank, and mm. it is that wallet that would be used for the purpose of these transactions below two hundred rupees. Got it. Got it. Uh, and next, moving on to the UPI one two three pay. So um, UPI um, is restricted to all smartphones, right? Right. So today, the total number of smartphones in the country are around what six hundred million users today use smartphone. But there's also those customers who use future phones, and which is a huge space, which is almost four hundred million users who are not able to use UPI services. Uh, right. So UPI one two three pay brings in that flexibility where consumers who are on feature phones can use the features of UPI and do these transactions. So it has got multiple options. You can do voice assisted and you can do a callback feature and stuff like that. So yeah, so there are multiple options as far as UPI 123P is concerned. Anup, just coming back to UPI Lite for a second, right? Uh, so if I understand you correctly, the way this would work is, let's say, for example, I wanted to use this UPI Lite uh, wallet, right? So I would uh, move in, say, about uh, say a thousand rupees from my bank account into the UPI Lite wallet, Correct. and then whenever I would do uh, transactions which are either small value, a small ticket in nature, or offline, these would hit my UPI Lite wallet only, and maybe at a predetermined frequency, uh, either consolidated transactions or individual transactions would get uh, reconciled with my bank statement. Is that kind of accurate in my understanding? It is accurate. Yeah, that's the way it would work. Perfect. Hmm. Anup, ISG today processes over 17 billion plus transactions per year and is one of the most interesting tech fin players coming out of India. Anup, also talk to us a little about what ISG does and give us a quick overview of the firm and the products and the services it offers. Uh, this is this is an entity which was established in 2004 uh, by our founder Adelia Castellino, and uh, we started as a company where we are providing uh, transactions. Uh, Settlement services to a few banks. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's just. Uh, I mean, words kind of fail me when. I mean, the kind of challenges that she must have faced during that time in terms of you know working with banks and trying to convince the banks that you know ISG should be the the right solution for that. I mean, it just kind of amazes me. But the fact is, it is her uh, determination, her vision. Finally, that finally uh, today from that one bank. Today we have almost what almost all the leading banks, be it the private sector banks, the public sector banks, on our network today, and we offer complete stack of digital payments, which includes the entire issuance range of products. It is the acquiring range of products and um, risk-based products, and we also have adjunct products around this entire stack, which completely give, which gives the kind of flexibility to customers, with our, our customers, be it banks, be it fintechs beat the government entities in terms of managing the entire uh, journey on, on 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 digital payments in a very seamless fashion. Anup, uh, like you mentioned, right, ISG is also playing a very important role in the UPI journey. Talk to us a little more about some of the technical challenges that a high-volume system like UPI poses and how you've been helping our customers address some of those challenges. Yeah. When it comes to volumes, there are, uh, as I mentioned to you, there are a couple yeah. of parts. But one is the, the technology part. And other is the the reconciliation part, and of course uh, the surrounding risk associated with uh, with with those transactions in terms right. of phishing and in terms of cyber security risk and stuff like that. 
let me just restrict this conversation to uh, to the technology elements and to the reconciliation elements okay uh, so uh, from a technology standpoint obviously it means that banks need to continuously uh, size their infrastructure and keep on adding uh, evolving their their technology stack both vertically and horizontally to meet those kind of volumes and for banks it is uh, it is a, it, it is a continuous journey because these transactions are, are always going to grow and now with upi light and upi 123 also on its way these transactions are going to leapfrog so that's from a technology standpoint the other tech, uh, the other challenge of course is reconciliation to meet the kind of volumes technology can obviously plays a very critical role but yeah. reconciliation is the heart of any banking system you you cannot have a uh, transactions lying unreconciled okay in your books and to address this can for example just give you a quick sense one of the largest public sector banks that we do business with does close to almost 20 22 to 25 million transactions a day i mean these are never heard of kind of volumes which these banks have seen in their in this entire journey of digital payments to reconcile those volumes on a daily basis it requires you know back end solutions which we provide which can easily absorb these volumes and you know kind of reconcile with all the stakeholders beat the banks equal banks switching systems uh, the right. banks yes the networks everybody else and at the end of the day find out those unreconciled transactions post them just to put or cut the long story short i mean it 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 is it is it is a very comprehensive solution that the banks need to look at both from a from a from a technology architecture and from a recon, and, and from a reconciliation standpoint and today uh, we kind of at isg kind of manage almost 35 to 40% of the volumes on reconciliation of upi transactions in this country that's pretty amazing uh, anup just the scale that you are able to handle i'm also curious uh, what are some of the recent uh, product launches you have done outside of the upi space uh, if i go to your product portfolio right i understand you have a lot of products that look at other aspects as well both on the acquiring and the issuing side so we launched uh, 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 upi credit uh, yeah. for two of the largest banks in the country uh, that was as recent as two months back we uh, we have other launches happening and especially around the digi- around our issuance and our acquiring set of products so i would not like to because uh, we are right now under nda with this bank so at this point time i would not be able to you know speak it out but yeah uh, we have uh, two critical launches happening with two of the largest one is a private sector bank and other one is a public sector bank that's uh, great to hear anup anup also if you to look at uh... maybe crystal gray ball gaze little ahead right what's your vision for isg and uh, what do you see as the way ahead uh, from a roadmap perspective so um, our vision is to be in the heart of the uh, of the digital payments ecosystem of the country right we will continue to innovate and we will continue to uh, offer services which will kind of continue to delight our customers and that is that has been the hallmark of a success that's the that's a vision statement of 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 edelia we for her customer delight is, is is supreme so you will rarely find any customer i mean we go beyond the call of duty more often than not in terms of trying to please the customer uh, and i think uh, that has helped us in good stead that has helped us gain the trust of our customers and we'll continue to build on that innovation is a key requirement because with uh, with blockchain and other initiatives that are happening in the country all our products need to be especially the the, the reconciliation suite of products would be aligned around those technologies uh, we would Uh, work on a user journeys on all other uh, online products especially on our payment gateway offerings and stuff like that and yeah and we will continue to uh, to uh, to work on uh, on these elements 
Speaking of innovation, Anup, what do you think are the two or three key technologies or innovations that you see playing a big role in payments technology and how we pay in the future? So for us, uh, blockchain would be a critical aspect. Yeah, okay. we work on blockchain. Uh, we're working on 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 building platforms which will get a better insights. And so for us to get a deep insight into those transactions, okay, and to add value to our customers is going to be extremely important. So for us, uh, mining this data and using all tools and uh, technologies which help us mine this data better and and offer better insights on this data to our customers is going to be increasing play. And also uh, things like CBDC and uh, and blockchain are critical yeah. initiatives for us. Yeah. It was great speaking with you today, Anup. In case uh, any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or IST, what's the best way to do this? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I'll send I'll send you an email ID. Um, and uh, yeah, we can uh, we can we can we can connect uh, the uh, the listeners can connect me on those numbers. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So Anup, we'll include these details in our show notes. And thanks once again for coming on the show and spending time with us, Anup. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hemant. And thanks, Elroy, for having me. Thank you. That's it from India Fintech Diaries for this week. Do log on to our website, indiafintechdiaries.com for the exclusive content. We also cover fintech deep dives in our Substack newsletter. So do subscribe. Until next time, mask on and stay safe.